0: It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. Okay. And go. Here we are.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of After 9. Uh, a couple of interviews that we did earlier this week that are going to replay at the end of this podcast. Kat, why don't you tell them all about it?
0: I'll tell you all about it, Scott. Well, we had a great chat with... Uh... <laughs> 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 I grossed myself
1: Pat Sajak and Vanna Whitish there. Tell them what you've got.
0: It was terrible. That was horrible. Uh, I apologize. I do apologize. That was offensive. Um, We chatted with... Everything's
1: offensive right now. (laughs) I
0: know. Everybody calm the fuck down. I know. We'll we'll talk about that in just a second. Let's talk about that because people need to calm the fuck down. So we had a great talk. A good friend of ours for many, many, many years when we were on Z1035 as well. He was a regular guest in the studio. Now, of course, we can't see him physically. That that tall, tall person that is uh, uh, from the OPP, Sergeant Kerry Schmidt. But we did have him on our show on 91.5 The Beat. And it really affects everybody what we talked about. We're talking about um, all kinds of different things from the amount of speeders that we see on the roads right now. um, Also, the cop impersonators, uh, things like that. So anyway, that interview that we had with him, it was really, really great. uh, Is coming up in a bit. Also, Thinking about selling your home, maybe? Maybe you had a plan in place you were going to list in the fall or or try your best to sell your home anyway. Maybe you have a home that's going to be ready, new construction. But, uh-oh, I got to sell my home. I have many, many questions. We talked with Tony Hall, fantastic uh, real estate agent here in the region who has some tips and tricks and a couple other things uh, and some possible projections what they're seeing uh, b- real estate-wise for 2020. So that's it was a, both it was of those. a good interview, yeah. Yeah.
1: Definitely worth a replay. Uh, That's coming up at the end of this podcast. Want to talk about Canada Post? Sure. Sure. If you dare. (laughs) All right. No, I'll tell you the story. So I ordered a number of different things in the midst of the pandemic. And here's been my experience. UPS, I haven't received anything through UPS. Although uh, when I did post about this on my Twitter last night, I did hear from some people who have used UPS and they felt that it was either the same, if not faster. FedEx is lightning quick. I ordered a box of masks from California. They were here in less than 48 hours. California to Toronto. In contrast, I ordered something from North York. I can drive there in half an hour. It has taken now over a week, and the package is still sitting at the Mississauga sorting plant. And I ordered another thing, which was coming from Canada Post, and it transited through Calgary extremely quickly. It got from Calgary to Toronto and then to the Mississauga plant, and it is just sitting there still. So I asked the question, is there a problem at the Mississauga plant? Like, what's going on? Uh, Somebody called in and speculated, oh, it's probably uh, they had a COVID-19 case. I don't know if they did or didn't. I have to assume that... um, With the amount of cases, at least one person at Canada Post is affected, unfortunately. I would also have to assume that with the size of FedEx and the other courier companies that they may be affected as well. But for whatever reason, uh, Canada Post delivery seems to be held up in Mississauga, whereas the other ones continue to work very quickly. So uh, that's just anecdotal, by the way. That's just the way it seems anyway. Now, I have reached out to Canada Post. I filled out a ticket. No reply. I have DM'd them. No reply and i'm wondering what's going on well now i'm getting all kinds of complaints from canada post workers how dare you do that we're working hard yeah i know you're working hard we're all working hard i i get that you're working hard and i appreciate it and uh i really hope that you guys are being safe it's not a shot at the employees i'm simply asking the question is there a problem at the mississauga sorting plant because after i sent out that tweet last night At last check, there were 32 different replies from people that are in the exact same boat waiting for things. Uh, Some people said they're waiting for their Nespresso stuff. All right, well, maybe that's essential. Maybe that's not. I'm going to lean towards it's probably not essential. But one woman, for example, is waiting for her contact lenses. The optometrists are closed, so it's not like she can just go and buy a new box of contacts. She had to order them online, and she's waiting for them, and she has been for quite a while. In my case, it's medical equipment that I'm waiting for. So there are people that are waiting for things, and please don't take it personally if you work at Canada Post. It's not a shot at you. I'm simply asking a question. What's going on there? Is there a problem? And if there is, uh, just let us know and I'm sure people will be very understanding. But when we don't get a reply or an acknowledgement, you don't even respond to the ticket that you suggested we open, people are going to wonder what the hell. Right. So there's that. Uh, let's see here. we got a whole bunch of different things that I want to try and jam into this podcast because that's what we do, jam stuff in. This is a weird survey that came up. Have you ever flashed somebody? your junk.
0: First of all, are you talking to me? Because I don't have junk. It's not junk.
1: Girls junk. Girl junk.
0: No, 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 no. You don't have junk. No, you don't use junk. Guys What do junk. you call a
1: badge then? What is that? There has to be a slang name for it.
0: Well, there's many slang names for it. <laughs> they take your pick. <laughs> but n- I mean, of course not. When you say flash, I picture like a creepy flasher in like a trench coat. It, should I be picturing that for what you're about to talk about?
1: Well, I think it's the opportunity when you're out in the public with your... Junk, quote unquote, exposed where someone could see it. For example, uh, I have, and I'm not proud of it, peed on a golf course before when there was nowhere else to go and there's no one around. Okay. So that's not, see, that
0: to me is not flashing. Flashing is different than taking out to pee, which still, yes, you shouldn't be proud of that, bad, bad, bad. But like sex in public places is an example of when you might have it out and about, but you just hope nobody sees
1: right i Can, can't figure out why girls would just whip it out like it's not like you you're showing it off right
0: no it doesn't happen it doesn't happen often
1: <laughs> okay i just can't think of an example unless it was uh for the sexual relations of course I, or
0: I, we're breastfeeding in public
1: Those uh, actually this did specify face. waist down
0: waist down okay then there's no, then there's zero <laughs> scott you just narrowed it down real good then there's zero need
1: 18% said they flashed their junk. 18%. Uh, only 12% of guys, but 25% of women. Is this the uh, after to the bar, uh, no bathroom around? I got a pee in the alley there. Is, is, could it be that? I, th- I would,
0: that would make sense to me is that probably people wh- whipping it out to pee um, or uh, sexual acts taking place.
1: 5% don't know if they've ever flashed their junk. So I guess those are people who have done it. They're just wondering if anybody saw it.
0: They're just had they, Or they had a really good night and they're really not clear the next day on what actually happened.
1: Um, one of the strangest things that is happening right now, and I'm not even sure what to do with this information or how much time we should spend on it. I feel like it deserves a little bit of attention, though, is had it not been for the pandemic, the fact that NASA just confirmed basically the existence of alien life visiting Earth. And it's kind of getting downplayed. It's getting buried. Like, nobody seems to care. Did people miss that news tidbit? Or do we just not care that uh, military planes got footage of a UFO?
0: Okay, so I have a couple of theories on this. So I can go the political route and say one of my theories is... They did this on purpose to try to distract a little bit from the stupid shit that Trump said recently about basically drinking Clorox. Okay. Okay. There's one theory you could put out there is that they chose this. It was very timely because these videos that you mentioned, you maybe you guys saw this online. Maybe you saw this on Facebook and Twitter at the time when it was it was leaked. Right? Are we using the term leaked? This yes, footage. We are. Yeah. So this footage was leaked from the Navy uh, from way back in the early 2000s when they saw this air that was moving at a weird speed and in weird ways that we know planes that we know of can't fly so that footage was the pentagon confirmed uh taken by them it was they looked into it and all the experts they had did end up coming to the conclusion that they have no fucking idea what that is and it's likely a, a ufo And some people think ufo they think green aliens and things but ufo is just that it's an unidentified flying object and they're not sure what it is so I think it's that. Um, It did seem to fly under the radar. Like, to me, I was like, thank God that's legit. Because when I saw the video more recently, which the second one that came out was 2014, right? That leaked?
1: Yes, that's right.
0: So the 2014, I remember vividly looking at and looking over and over again and thinking, why is nobody talking about this? Like, because it wasn't deemed legit yet. But the Pentagon came forward this week and said, yeah, guys this is true. We're still looking into it. We really don't know. We've come to the conclusion that we don't know what this is. And no country on earth that we know of can fly a craft in that way, can go that quickly and move at that speed. And in that direction, it's weird. It's a, it's, I mean, it's a, so it's legit a UFO. Now that shit should scare people more than anything else
1: thank you i thought it was just me i was freaking out a little bit on the inside but i thought well if nobody else gives a shit why should i
0: like the fact that it came back or okay so let's assume that it's the same one or from the same planet or whatever they live they or it lives on let's assume it came from that again it came back around again what 10 years later yes okay that's kind of freaky because at first they could have been doing some recon a little bit then they came back for another reason unless it was from a different place i mean this this shit excites me i grew up watching x files i grew up loving it i'm not a nut i promise you but if you you, sound like a bit of a nut if you seriously (laughs) no if you if you seriously think you live on this earth right now knowing what we know about the universe and that it's infinite as far as we can tell and you don't think there's something else in the universe or some people or another planet like ours you're the one that's fucking nuts if you ask me like i'm not here to say that they're gonna come and orb us all and blah blah but there's there's something going on there and now the pentagon has even confirmed yeah there's something going on there and that's all we really know will they come back are they harmful we don't know what they have uh, we don't know what they look like we don't know
1: why now though do you Do you really think (laughs) it is fucked? Do you really think this is like a a wag the dog sort of thing? Like, look over here so that you forget about what happened over there.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, this was timely for, for the Pentagon itself to release this information to us, to tell us and confirm to us. Videos from early 2000s and 2014 were, in fact, taken by Navy and whoever else took it. Yes, that's true. Their accounts are accurate because
1: they were confirmed as authentic.
0: They were confirmed as authentic for them to do it in the time, the timing that they did that. Yeah, that was very calculated, if you ask me, because we do have a pandemic and they did want it to kind of fly under the radar. And that's exactly what happened. And it kind of shocked me that it happened that way. It was just kind of a quick mention for a lot of a lot of news outlets like, oh, they did confirm its accuracy. And there are people possibly watching us anyway, moving along. Like what? Stop. Fuck. Fuck. Stop. What? Like, that's crazy. And we can't control it. We can't control it.
1: Hmm i just don't know why they want to come here what are yeah. they looking for Well,
0: maybe they don't i mean the truth is they could have done the flyby in 2004 or whatever the hell let's say 2004 and then been like this is interesting let's further investigate in 10 years or light whatever the hell they call it they probably don't even call it years and then they come back again and then they're like oh no this planet's fucked forget it nothing Moving changed
1: on. it's dirtier and it smells bad yeah let's- it's leave it again for 10 more years
0: filled with a bunch of fucking dumbasses Uh, (laughs) let's move along
1: that's the reason we haven't actually been invaded is because it's a world full of dumbasses yeah that's the reason it makes so much sense i don't know cat i mean the why the who what are they what are their intentions Is there a timeline? Like, should we be worried that by the time we all get out of lockdown, that's when the alien invasion is going to take place? I don't know. But they seem to have some pretty cool shit because none of our planes can fly like their planes can. Well, they're definitely smarter than us.
0: Whoever this is, whether it be maybe, maybe they're kind of like us. Maybe they evolved like humans. Maybe they're evolved way past us. Way, way past. It seems that way, Scott, because whatever technology they're using. Yeah, we don't have it.
1: Scary stuff. I know. Scary, but scary interesting. Stuff.
0: See, and I find it more interesting than scary. I don't know what it is. Like, sure, it's, it scares me a little bit, uh, I suppose. But at the same time, it, I'm like, I'm fucking fascinated. Like, I'm fascinated by it. I could watch you're, documentaries on that shit all day.
1: You're wondering the same things I am, though. What do they want? Why are they here? Yeah. Why did they just peace out so quickly? Did, was it something we said? Was it something we did? Do they not like the color of our ocean? What's the problem here? So, yeah, there's a lot of questions there. In any case, it's shocking that that isn't bigger news. In fact, even on my end, I try and put the top trending stories every day on scottandhat.ca. I, I didn't even bother wasting time on the blog because it didn't seem like it was getting any traction. Nobody was talking the about The fucking it. aliens are coming. We didn't <laughs> talk about
0: it. No, I exaggerate because we really don't know. For all we know this, I mean, yes, this is some kind of a phenomenon and who knows what it is. But yeah, I'm shocked it wasn't talked about more and I hope that we do hear more and I hope they keep us updated on what they find now they have all these things in place by the way for those curious because navy for example was one of the it was leaked through the navy the navy's uh one of the boats ca- caught one of the first videos uh, that ended up leaking and we actually heard from some of the people on the ship describing what they saw with their own eyes at the time so i mean now the question is what is what are the protocols for them now because you know this shit's going to be on lock if they do spot it again so i'm not even sure we're going to get answers
1: Okay, but we've all seen those videos, though. They're all over YouTube of apparently if you sit and watch the live stream of the International Space Station for long enough, you can see all kinds of things flying by it that we can't identify. And it's funny because every time one of those comes up, it seems like NASA cuts the stream and edits it out. Why is NASA still doing that if the Pentagon is declassifying video that we have from Earth of alien crafts? I'm wondering that too. Good questions. NASA and the Pentagon not on the same page here? Yeah. It's very, very strange. Uh, Interesting question came up. It was an Ipsos poll yesterday. If we got a cure for the coronavirus tomorrow, should it be mandatory that you get the vaccine? 60% 60 say yes. 40% say no. It should not be mandatory. And you know what? This is a question that we're probably... Hopefully, knock on wood, all going to have to ask ourselves, will we get the shot? Can the government force you to get that shot? Can they I mean, I suppose they can't hold you down and make you get a needle. But can they do something like, um, well, unless you're vaccinated, you have to stay indoors. You're on an indefinite quarantine until you do get the shot. Could they do that? Would they do that? I don't know. But based on some of the comments I'm reading on Facebook and social media in general, I'm reading a lot of people that want no part of that vaccine, not Mm -hmm. at first anyway. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't see them. I don't see a scenario, Scott, where they're going to have it mandatory. I really do not. There's I think everybody knows there's a lot of research that's involved in the vaccinations that we have every day right now. Right. Measles, mumps, rubella, as an example, they've been around for a long, long time. They know it's long term effects. We don't know the long-term effects of whatever they're whipping up in the lab. And I say whipping up in the lab, even though I know that they're focused on it and they have their best people on it. But that doesn't mean that long-term, there can't be some effects that'll come out of that. Like you have to be ludicrous to think that there wouldn't be possible effects. And some people don't even care. They're like, yeah, you know what? I'll roll the dice because I want to make sure I don't get it because I am high risk or because this, that, and the next thing. But those are personal reasons and personal choices. And I think we should be able to make those personal choices for ourselves, even when the vaccine is available
1: I still want to know where we're at with testing to see if you can get it twice because I've heard so much conflicting information that even I'm having a hard time keeping track of what's legit and what's from real news sources and and whatnot uh, there's a popular theory out there that once you've actually had covid 19 you're immune to it and you can't get it a second time well if that's the case you could get one of those immunity passports that they're talking about and if you've got that little stamp in your passport or a little card that you carry in your wallet you could just go back to regular everyday life you could go to a restaurant you could sit at your desk at work you could ride the subway no problem at all because there's no risk of you catching it or transmitting it but now the who and the uh, the doctors that we're all supposed to be listening to say "Eh, there's not really enough medical evidence to say that definitively huh I think we should work on that. In fact, I think it should be a tandem effort between that and a vaccine, because if it's one or the other, um, I I think probably more people would be served by the fact that they've already had it, as opposed to waiting for a vaccine that may never come. Uh, Let's keep in mind, they're still looking for a vaccine for AIDS. They're still looking for a vaccine for SARS for uh, uh, MERS and all kinds of other well, viruses.
0: I think just having this particular virus around for the amount of time we have, we know they don't know much about it. So that yeah. part scares a lot of people too. Because like a I said, we don't just know. just got it.
1: I mean, a dog got it now. Yeah, I mean, and we didn't lions, know. dogs, you, you would, tigers, everything. Think
0: about how much has changed, right? The first uh, the first information they gave us when this when this virus started compared to what we quote-unquote know now, and I'm not even sure they're 100% sure on some of the things they're saying. I don't trust it. I don't trust a lot of it, so why would I trust a vaccine that's supposed to be doing everything that it says it's doing and not doing some things that it could be doing? That's just my take, but again, that's my personal opinion. My personal choice will be to not get it, um, and I don't see it being a mandatory thing. i really just don't
1: by the way the latest guidance from the center for disease control in america is that you should physically distance your dogs now you should not expose your dog to anything you wouldn't expose yourself to i.e if you're out for a walk don't let your dog get within six feet of other people Mm -hmm. or objects don't let them sniff around and stuff like that the dog in america that is now confirmed to have it got it from licking its owner's plate Oh jeez Isn't that ridiculous Wow
0: Okay First of all Don't let your dog Sniff around and stuff Like Does that person Not have a fucking dog Like that's all dogs do Uh huh They sniff I know And I've been taking Leo for walks and I don't know, I feel safe about it. I do avoid people, of course, still. So we walk on one side of the street. If someone's coming our way, we'll either move to the other side or usually the other people will too. I'm keeping him away from humans, but it's very difficult to, I I know it can be done, but to quarantine my dog from the rest of our family because maybe he sniffed or licked something outside is, I mean, come on.
1: You go to the basement for two weeks. Yeah. Leave us alone. Like, geez, man. And he doesn't know what's
0: going on, the poor fella. (sighs) Uh,
1: Outrage right now. As a society, we seem basically generally unified in agreeing that it's too soon for Marco Muzo to get day parole. Marco Muzo is the guy responsible for killing three children and their grandfather almost five years ago. It'll be five years this coming September. He was denied full parole yesterday, but given day parole, There's some conditions like he can't contact the victims, which I'm sure is fine. I don't think the victim wants to hear from him anyway. Uh, He released a statement. He acknowledged that he has created enduring anguish for the victims. And he apologized again for inflicting this kind of grief on the relatives of the victims. Hmm. Um, It's about right. I mean, I don't feel like he got special treatment there. I think there's a lot of people that don't end up doing nearly as much time as what the judge sentences them to. This is the problem
0: here. It's our justice system in general. And we didn't get a chance to really look into this because, obviously, with a pandemic, the way that they're doing things in the court system has changed completely. So we didn't get to really see as much as we would have or hear as much as we would have. But... I think our, I mean, our justice system's fucking terrible to begin with. So this doesn't, this did not shock me when this news came down at all, Scott. Didn't shock me. I wasn't
1: surprised either. No.
0: Uh, The only, the only way I feel like, okay, well, whatever, is that what's this guy's life going to look like? When you're Marco Muzzo, and I know there's money involved here, the family has money, so they're going to spend any dime that they need to, to try to take him away from this situation. Whether that means he's going to move somewhere else, I don't know if he's allowed, I don't know what the conditions will be eventually for him, but can he not maybe change his name down the line because he's afraid? And you might know more about this than, than I, and can he not move to a different area of the country? Let's say because he's afraid
1: right now, there are uh, restrictions on him, including a restriction of movement. So no, it's not like he could just up and move to Vegas or Miami. But
0: when that, well, when those restrictions lift,
1: Uh, I suppose technically he could, um. Listen, we have such a short memory in this country. We forget a lot of stuff. Uh, and, and eventually, uh, as outraged as people are now, they will forget. And as sad as it is, they will. Uh, Paul Bernardo could walk down Yonge Street right now, and I'll bet you the vast majority of people wouldn't recognize him.
0: Well, that's because that happened a long time ago. But I will say that the Carla Hamoka thing, when that came out, that was a big deal because she was seen. She was caught, essentially. in what was it, Quebec she was and she was actually doing some work at a school and when when someone finally recognized her and she had had a new name and a new life and kids and a husband and whatnot she was completely different that's why i'm asking actually is because i thought of carla homoka i thought down the line i mean eventually you might get caught and people did recognize her in that in that case and sure there'll be some people who don't know once it once this is 10 years later and 20 years later you're right of course some people might forget but there'll be people that won't
1: true that's true I, I just feel like uh people get so passionate about something in the moment and then that passion dies so quickly uh i think back to what was it three months ago people were unfriending each other on social media friendships were destroyed over a teacher strike yeah. now nobody cares nobody's talking nobody about cares it. nobody cares and that's the thing uh unfortunately This is probably going to be one of those things where maybe on the 10 year, well, the five year anniversary this coming September, it'll become fresh again. And on the 10 year anniversary, when some reporter digs it up and says, oh, by the way, it was 10 years ago today, the three children and their grandfather were killed by a drunk driver. Then people will remember again. But by and large, day to day, I don't know that this is really going to affect him. Uh, He also does have means. Like you said, he came from a family of money. And when you have money, you can shelter yourself from a lot of situations. I don't expect to see him walking down the main concourse at Yorkdale anytime soon. Right. But if he needs something from Yorkdale, I'm pretty sure somebody will go get it or he can order it. Uh, But he'll still carry on with his life. You know, I mean, maybe you won't see him partying at cabana if he does that or wherever it is that he decides to go but eventually he will integrate back into society and it's just going to be another thing Mm -hmm. but let's at least seize the day here and point this out as an opportunity there have been so many stunt driving and impaired driving stories in the news lately and if you wonder what the effects are of impaired driving look no further than the family of jennifer neville lake And you should follow her on social media if you get the opportunity. She's got an open account on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Feel free because she posts about her kids and how much it hurts all Mm -hmm. the time. Right. Uh, and her father as well was also killed in that crash yeah. very very sad uh, how are we looking for time here because I know we got to do these replays Should yeah
0: I think we got to get to the interviews. so we'll definitely have another uh, new podcast out this week um, possibly Friday where we'll have some uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what's uh, been going on this week oh and what we're doing you know what we'll talk in the next podcast about what we're doing on our terrestrial radio show because it's pretty cool and it's coming up in just a couple of weeks and we want you guys to be a part of it so yeah, we'll have but,
1: that awesome okay we had uh realtor Tony Joe Hall, one of the top realtors in Waterloo region on our show this week and we had the great Carrie Schmidt, OPP sergeant and star of Heavy Rescue 401 on the show. We're going to bring you back-to-back interviews here in the podcast. Enjoy these and we'll catch you again later on this week with another new edition. Good morning Carrie. <laughs> hey, good morning, Scott. Good morning, Cat. How you doing? Doing we, good. Yeah, we're awesome. Um thanks for coming on and I'm sorry it's under such weird circumstances but there have been so many stunt driving stories lately that we are asking ourselves every day, "What's going on?" Like, <laughs> oh, I know you cool. guys just caught somebody going 214 on the 401. That's right.
2: Yeah, that was just uh, that was just yesterday uh, down in in the Cambridge area. Wow. Again, another one going 189 yeah. last night. Uh, we had another. We had a wreck. More motorcycle- so. Cycle go down. He was racing with another car. We got the car stopped, and the bike uh, continued going on by himself. And he goes and wipes himself out. Uh, who knows how fast he was going? He went yeah. to the hospital uh, last night. He's probably still there right now. Oh and uh, again, we've seen just so many. I just I just ran some numbers. We uh, impounded. A hundred cars last week, just in in the GTA by OPP officers, and I know the numbers were well over a hundred just in the Cambridge, Kitchener, Mm -hmm. Waterloo area uh, in the first uh, week and a few days from this uh, uh, operation uh, overpass. uh, We're targeting street racers, stunt drivers.
0: So, and tell us we're not crazy here, because we talk about this daily and we report on these uh, street racers. Is there possibly a link here between maybe less traffic on the road and these people thinking that the speed limit changes because of that? Is this different from previous years? These numbers are higher than usual, are they not, Kerry?
2: Yeah, you know what, it, like you said earlier, we're in this strange time, and boy, this this time is strange for so many reasons. Uh, obviously, traffic volumes are way less, and we're getting these drivers going uh, 200 plus you know in the middle of the afternoon and typically that was when we would see those kinds of speeds in the evenings the two in the morning when there's no traffic out but you're right traffic volumes are are lighter or just lots of truck traffic there's still a lot little cars out there but we don't see the typical traffic jams like we've done in the past and and now we have these uh, drivers just taking full uh, liberties which are not theirs to uh, open up on the highway and I don't know about you, but if you've been passed by a vehicle going double the speed limit, it can scare mm-hmm. uh, the lights out of you. And oh, yeah. I've seen I've seen people crash just from the sheer fright of a car or motorcycle ripping by them with a, with a sight and sound that is unbelievable.
1: Okay, just quickly here so that I understand. Let's say you pull somebody over for stunt driving. You're towing their car away. They've got to pay to get their car out of the impound. You're taking away their license for a few days. What is it, a week they lose their license for? Yep.
2: Seven days impound, seven day license suspension.
1: And then they still have to go to court after that. Is that right?
2: Yeah, no, you're right. Because a lot of people say, well, it's only seven days. Like, come on, it should be a lifetime. Well, I'll tell you, that's just the automatic roadside sanction to stop the continuation of the offense. Once they have their day in court and the justice of the peace or the judge uh, gets a hold of them, those uh, penalties can go sky high. Penalties of ten thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars, monetarily, license suspensions. Uh, there's all sorts of uh, additional sanctions. Never mind the demerit points and the increased insurance premiums uh, that uh, will be levied against you. You know, it's not a good day. And uh, again, driving is a privilege. And as much as You know we have less traffic volume now. There's no reason for you to be running late in in road conditions like we're seeing right now. So uh, we're targeting this operation corridor or operation overpass. That's a joint effort with Waterloo Regional Police, the OPP, and and just uh, saturating that area and making sure people understand the rules of the road are for everybody. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Now let's move to one other thing that I want to ask you about because. Mm -hmm last week we posted a story on our facebook page about there was somebody up in wellington that was impersonating an opp officer and pulling people over and that was really bizarre but when we posted that story it is remarkable how many people commented and thought maybe i was the victim of that too because i got pulled over and they just wanted to know where i was going so just to confirm are you guys pulling people over and asking them where they're going and if they're an essential service
2: absolutely not now again we are pulling people over and we're going to have conversations with them and we might ask them like what seems to be the hurry or what what's going on here we'll have some conversation checking sobriety and so on but we are not doing any covid related questions to see whether or not there's essential travel whether your passenger lives with you or is in the same residence to see if you're actually social distancing Mm -hmm. because those are not Enforceable rules on the highways. You know, we will uh, look for essential businesses. If you're, uh, if we can close businesses that are being operated, those are provisions. Uh, social gatherings and so on can be enforced. But again, we're not out there uh, doing uh, random checks all across mm-hmm. the province. And it's funny you mentioned that because I know that's kind of been a social media conspiracy that's been going on for weeks now since this started. And I actually just spoke to a friend of mine who had a similar experience uh, months ago and uh, you know wasn't sure what to do about that. And so, again, we want people to understand that we're still out there doing their, our job, but we're not conducting random spots just for the sake of uh, COVID-related uh, quarantine issues. We're doing our work, but uh, we are not... Uh, Doing that kind of uh, issue and if you have any suspicion that you're being stopped by a vehicle that's not a police officer mm-hmm. obviously you can call police you can call 911 Say, listen, there's a car behind me looks like a police car I don't know if it is but uh, can you validate whether or not this is or not and just obviously take precautions be very aware don't get out of your vehicle but again still be you know, again cooperative understand this may be an officer that is that is stopping you Let's uh, let's make sure we're we're doing uh, what we're lawfully required to pull over in a safe location, maybe with other vehicles, and uh, you know have a conversation, but stay on the line with nine one one if you actually believe. Uh, you're being stopped, uh, you know, fraudulently. And, but again, oh. in the first place, don't break the law. You won't have problems with us. <laughs> right, uh,
0: right. Do, Stop breaking the law. Hey, there's always that option too, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, another note that was that was passed on when it came to the story was, yes, you can always ask for identification. So let's say a regular civilian like me, I don't really know what I'm looking for when somebody, a police officer will hand me that identification. Is there something I should be looking for or something that might raise a red flag if it's not there?
2: Well, the officer will identify themselves with which service they, they're from, what their name is, what their badge number is. Uh, you can even have them uh Go over their own police radio and say, "Can you uh, can you please call your dispatch and, and tell them where you are? I want to hear them respond to you uh, and, and see if they're able to." Okay, uh,
3: you know,
2: the, wow. this funny, the, the story that I heard from another friend of mine said that yeah, he was stopped, asked where he was going, why he was speeding, uh, and then told to sit there and wait for another officer to come and give him a ticket. And this car left, and so he waited there for twenty minutes, and then. And then called the police. Like, is my name on some database? Am I getting charged if I leave? And <laughs> and they had no idea what he was talking about. So wow. Uh, again, I don't know. There's 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 some strange people out there in this yeah. weird world we're living in. So uh, again, just be uh, be cautious, be aware, be uh, cognizant of your situation, and uh, if you uh, think. This is happening. Call police, but again, this is absolutely a very rare exception rather than the rule. Uh, you know, there are still police officers out there doing their job, keeping our our streets safe, our communities safe. And uh, if you are doing something, maybe you shouldn't be doing. Uh, maybe uh, consider uh, what your actions are uh, before you question whether this officer is legit or not.
1: Right. Um, just quickly here, why is this happening? Because I, I instantly got drawn back to what happened in Nova Scotia and that was a person who went out of their way to try and impersonate a police officer so I I think there's sort of a general feeling that people are kind of wondering now we've had a couple of cases in this area one in Wellington one in Pusslinch where people got pulled over by someone that wasn't a cop you hear what happened in Nova Scotia Mm -hmm. and people may be a little apprehensive when they see those lights go on behind them
0: yeah quite honestly there's been listeners reaching out saying they're actually afraid to leave the house now because they don't want something to happen
2: yeah, no, no, I can understand their, their fear and caution and apprehension, and um, again, I don't know what to say, because yes, there are some uh, uh, people here, and I know charges have been laid in one of those investigations. I know there was another incident that was uh, being investigated by another police service uh, further east that was involving another uh, police supposed uh, person, a fraudulent uh, traffic stop. Uh, Again, nothing came of it. But again, it's pretty frightening. Again, obviously, everyone has their minds on Nova Scotia as to what took place there. And that is, again, something that is top of mind. And, you know, I I don't know how to uh, change the perspective from what's happening there and what could happen in our community it has happened we have had a, some reports of this and, and and you know again just be cautious be aware uh, and you know i don't want to make light of it but uh, just be uh, the understanding as to, you know, the police officers that, that are out there, you will see them wearing their, their full uniform. It'll say police on there. It'll have, they'll have their full use of uh, force, their equipment on them. They may have a partner. Uh, they may, uh, you know, be on their radio. And, and just, to, again, you can call the police. You can call 911 and, and just validate, confirm that the officer that's behind you is part of a traffic stop, Uh, whether or not it's uh, Waterloo Regional Police, if it's the OPP, if you're on the highway you can call Star OPP and and ask uh, to speak to a dispatcher and they will uh, they can send another unit to come by to make sure that this is actually legitimate. So again I don't want to put fear in people's uh, minds Mm -hmm. but uh, again you're right there have been reports of this and this something uh, is very rare But it has happened. So, how do we deal with it moving forward? And that's something we're still working on. Gotcha.
1: All right. Sergeant Kerry Schmidt, OPP, thank you very much for coming on the beat. We appreciate it.
2: It's been a pleasure. Have yourself a great day. It's a little wet today, but slow down. Our officers are still going to be out there making sure people are doing what they should be. Uh, And and I certainly hope. that uh, everyone does their part and just uh, shares the road responsibly because we got to keep our, our our deliveries moving and our essential workers uh, on the way and uh, we are seeing a lot of traffic out there but uh, so far so good just be careful with the rain that we're getting today in the next couple of days
1: Alright great thanks a lot Kerry we'll do Gary. this again soon.
2: Alright talk to you again
0: Scott and Cat show. We're bringing in a special guest because there's a lot of questions. There continues to be a lot of questions about real estate amidst a pandemic. So Tony Joe Hall is on the line. Hi, Tony.
1: Hi, guys. How are you? Doing great, man. Thanks for calling in. Um, Well, we talk to Tony all the time. We're friends, but we do want him to come on this morning in somewhat of a professional capacity to answer some of these questions that we've received about real estate. Um, You've got a DM to start, Kat.
0: Yeah. uh, This one says, hey, Kat, I hear you'll have Tony on the show. At this point, my wife and I were thinking of moving not until the fall. I currently commute basically looking for something in a better area for work. If we're planning to move in November, let's say, when should we be listing? This is kind of a two-part question. Uh, What's the long-term outlook for this right now? And is it a huge risk to find the house first and try to sell? Or is it smarter to sell our house first and hope we find the home we're looking for? Okay, so a lot of of questions in there, Tony, but what's your first thought?
3: Well, I, I think, first of all, under normal circumstances, if you're looking at making your move in November, I would definitely plan on selling my home in the early part of fall, definitely late summer. Uh, You know, at least give us two to three months before you want to move, that would be ideal. Those are under normal circumstances. Um, You know, given, you know, buy first or sell first, that really comes down to, quite honestly, how selective the buyer's going to be about their next property. If they're not selective at all, go ahead and sell your house. But keep one thing in mind, you may have to settle for something you're not happy with, but the nice thing is you'll know exactly how much money you're going to be walking away with. Mm-hmm. Should you go the opposite direction, should you choose to buy first, you may have to find a seller that is uh, forgiving to a home sale condition for any, uh, any home that you're looking at. So basically, this offer is conditional upon you know Tony selling his home before he can buy mine type of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. So Gotcha. Yeah. So you expect to see some of those. Um, There's a theory floating around, and I just want to get your take on it. There's some people who seem to think that with the amount of people that have deferred mortgage payments or aren't paying their rent right now because uh, they just can't afford to because they're laid off, that this is going to lead to eventually it'll lead to a ton of people that have to sell off their property or try and cash in some equity or have to try and downsize do you anticipate that in the next few months or even in the next year that there's just going to be a flood of homes on the market because people are trying to cash out equity or they just plain can't afford to keep that property that they have anymore
3: you know what honestly that's one of the i wish i had the answer to that it's uh at this point we're just Looking at things on a weekly basis, just looking at how things are looking in the future. I think, um, you know, even, even amongst the real estate industry, there's a couple of different theories. Some people think it may be like an elastic where things just snap back into place. Um, immediately, I do think coming out of this situation, I do think we are going to get a bit more of a rush because we are meeting with a lot of people right now that are deliberately holding off their purchase or their sale until this is passed. So once this has passed, naturally, I think these people may enter the market. And there's a lot of people that have kind of put off their buying or selling until this is over. Now, once we've actually satiated that demand, that pent-up demand, I really think the uh, the long-term effects of what we're going through right now, we may not see that until maybe Christmas, like you said, at that point where the six months are over for the mortgage deferrals or where landlords have maybe had to carry a mortgage for six months. You know, there's, there's a lot of landlords that just aren't rich. And I think a lot of people assume landlords make a lot of money. Um, there's a lot of landlords that are heavily reliant on that rent there between carrying their own property plus a rental property. So I think we could see uh, a lot of inventory coming up towards the end of the year. We have to hope that there's enough buyer demand out there to continue to, to satisfy that uh, oncoming inventory. But... We don't know at this point. I think it's hard to tell, but you know, I think that your your what you what you've laid out there is one of the things a lot of people are thinking as well.
1: Okay, what about condos? I mean, condos are some of the lower price points for someone that are trying to get into the market. Is is there any way, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but is there any way to anticipate uh, prices are gonna start to come down because uh, people can't carry these mortgages anymore or prices are gonna go up because there's gonna be so much demand for uh, lower price point homes?
3: I do believe that prices will continue to go up, but maybe not quite at the pace of what we've seen in the last five years. La- the last five years, we've seen an, ex- an extremely uh, bullish, accelerated market. I don't think we're going to continue to see that uh, moving forward, but I do think prices will continue to hold. The entry-level homes, I think a lot of buyers now may see this as an opportunity to get into the market. Now, if so many buyers get into the market, naturally that will drive up the inventory prices but if a healthy amount of buyers continue to to look at condos as a an affordable option then i think we're going to continue to see more and more developers put out affordable homes moving forward
1: here's a great text message that we got earlier this morning from someone who heard you were going to be on if the prime rate set by the bank of canada is the lowest it's been in years why haven't mortgage rates come down
3: it's a great question i think first of all we have to understand we don't get our money from the bank of canada we get our money from the banks. So all that's happening right now is the banks are getting their money at a cheaper rate. But what's happening is that we are getting our loans from the bank, and the bank still needs to make money, especially. I think they're going to take some big losses in the next quarter. So I don't foresee them passing on their savings to us.
1: Interesting. Okay, Tony, best guess, if someone is at home right now, and they know they want to move soon, whether it's to downsize or get something bigger or even move closer to work. Do you put it on the market now and take your chances or are you taking your chances if you wait and put it on the market in the fall? Well, what I
3: can share with you is this, you know, many of the homes that are on the market right now under that five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars 600000 price range, Scott, they are still getting multiple offers. In many cases, surprisingly, uh, a lot of people who own their home are still getting you know, five or six offers come for offer night. Last week, we had a property that had 15 offers. So there's still wow. uh, enormous demand. Now, once we get to the higher price ranges, like the 700s, 800s, 900s, at that point, we are getting a bit more of a list to sale, you know, listing price and what it eventually sells for difference. We're not really going over asking price too much in that price range. But certainly in the you know, five, six hundred and below, we are still getting uh, enormous pressure on listings.
1: That's wild. OK, I, I wouldn't I have suspected that. Me too.
3: Me too. Uh, and, and you know what? This is changing rapidly. It's changing on a week to week basis. A month ago, I think my outlook would have been a bit more grim. But, you know, I think right now we've got a bit more of a, we've got about a month's work of COVID data right now that we're kind of looking at and We are seeing, you know, properties are still moving fairly quickly and in many cases less than a couple of weeks.
0: And are people going to look at those houses that they're interested in seeing? What are you finding there? Are people walking in more? Are they just being very cautious? How's that working?
3: Well, it's definitely not business as usual, Kat. And one thing that I will share with you guys is this. We had a property last night, downtown Kitchener, that went into multiple offers. There were three offers, two of the... uh, people hadn't seen the property.
0: Wow. Uh, they, had,
3: they had made the offer virtually. Now, one of them ended up seeing it, you know, after they submitted the offer, uh, but literally they submitted their offer without seeing the property. So wow. we are seeing a lot more of that coming up.
1: Interesting. Okay. Mm. All right. Tony Jo Hall from the Tony Jo Hall team. Thank you for coming on and answering some questions. If somebody wants to ask you something that we didn't cover here, or I don't know, maybe they want to know what their home's worth now or just talk to you more, how do they get a yeah. hold of you?
3: Best way to get a hold of us is, you know what? First of all, Instagram or Facebook, Tony Joe Hall Real Estate Team. Or if you want to call, call us 519 650 5800.
1: Awesome. Thanks a lot, Tony.
3: Thank you, guys.